0: Welcome back to Food in Franklin, the uh, the hit podcast about the dining options on Franklin Avenue. Between... Between
1: Eastern Parkway and Atlantic, for the most part. Right, this is
0: episode 8? 7?
1: Seven? 7 or 8. It's, uh, it's been... You know, this is uh, we're wrapping up our first year essentially. Yeah.
0: So this is this is the end of year one, the end of first season of Food and Franklin.
1: Right. It's a historic uh, episode of a historic podcast.
0: It's true. This is the year end of Food and Franklin, the finale. I guess you know we'll we end in a cliffhanger. We don't know, but right. you'll find out. Keep listening to find out. Right.
1: Well, um, I you know I, I had a, a topic to talk about and. Uh, the origin of this topic was I was at uh, I was at like the train station waiting for a train. Mm-hmm. I got a little snack from one of those places. I think it was, I don't know if it was uh, Alban Pan or Pret. One of those places has like a European a, a name, which kind of sounds fancy, sure. right? And I had like a little yogurt thing, you know. And I I got the spoon, the plastic spoon that they give you mm-hmm. to eat your yogurt with when you get a thing there, and. I started eating it and I realized that there was a problem because the spoon was shaped like a perfect circle. Okay. And it was, not only was it shaped like a perfect circle, mm-hmm. the end of the spoon, but it was also extra deep. And so it didn't aerodynamically go into your mouth mm-hmm. because if you think about most spoons that you know and love. Like an oval. They're an oval shape. Right. Exactly. And that's for a reason because it goes into your mouth correctly. Right. This spoon was shaped like a circle, and because it was deep, the the yogurt at the bottom of the spoon did not come out naturally mm-hmm. when you ate it. And the other problem was you couldn't scrape up all of the yogurt. Because it was too Because round. of the shape, right. right, of the spoon. It didn't dig into the corners.
0: Interesting. And so
1: I was sitting there, and I was like... Somebody had to design this spoon. Mm-hmm. It's not an accident, right? Right, that they have these round spoons. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a there was there was a meeting in a corporate boardroom at some point where they said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put they had these like a, spoons." A bunch of
0: spoons down. They chose this one.
1: Right. They chose this one, and there you are, just a commuter, maybe, who, right? Who spent your hard-earned money on a cup of yogurt with mm-hmm. fruit and things like that in it. Sure. And you're sitting there, and you can't you can't get your yogurt out. You know, you can't bite the spoon correctly it's, because yeah. of the crazy shape mm-hmm. and you're sitting there and you you know you're thinking like how can i correct the situation where's the justice and the truth is there is no justice because you can't what even you if do? i would have called the corporate headquarters right. what are they going to do they're not going to bring me a new spoon yeah
0: you know it, by the time they solve the problem the, the spoon if they've replaced it or hired a spoon designer you've right. already consumed your yogurt or what you could get out of it right it can't help you in the moment
1: and my receipt was in the trash by then. Yeah, I don't keep so receipts So, am I getting a right? refund? No. I doubt it. And so, you know, you have to think like in our country where there's a lot of frustration across our country for sure. a lot of reasons. This is an example because it's it's a faceless corporation, right? And there's no there's there's no remedy. It's no, not human. It's not human.
0: It's no accountability for what someone right. made a bad decision up high. They're disconnected. And they're, they're headquarters. They're, they're high rise in some big right. city designing spoons out. In touch for what the right. average consumer actually needs to eat their yogurt.
1: I bet when they go out to eat in their uh, five-star restaurant, they have a properly shaped they, spoon. They
0: bring their own spoons, probably. They don't. They yeah. don't worry about having. In a, the, a case you know, of silver. Yeah, they have like you know, a little leather pouch full of different silverware and whatnot. Their
1: assistance. I mean, this is, this is, you know, I think it goes to the root of a lot of things, and I thought it was very instructive like, Yeah, it is like a
0: metaphor for sort of what's sailing our country now, is just sort of out of touch. Yeah. I have a question. Was that spoon something they gave you specifically for the yogurt, or is that a spoon that also worked for soup, or other things that they served that... It was, that it was the, there's only scooping. one
1: spoon option. So whether you ordered soup, whether you got yogurt, whether you got a coconut Mm -hmm. chia seed dessert item you're using that spoon
0: do you think this spoon would have been better with something that was more liquid than yogurt like a soup
1: well part i mean part of the biggest problem was the shape of the container and how it interacted with the shape of the spoon right you know you can't scrape the bottom of the container right and also the depth of the spoon was not well thought out because if your spoon is too deep Whatever's in the bottom of the spoon is going to stay there after you bite it. Naturally, you have to dig right. into the spoon, actually, to get out no. what's in there.
0: That's frustrating. Do you think if you had, brought, up, if you had like, brought a fork into it, too, you could
1: have like scraped the bottom and, let, and like, scooped it into the spoon? I mean, you could have turned the spoon over and used the flat side of the spoon to scrape the bottom of the cup right. and lick the yogurt off that. Right. Did you, but did then, you try that? I didn't because, you know, peop- then people are going to look at you right, and, on the and act like you're the weird
0: one. And the the problem is not with you; it's with the spoon. Right. The The problem is with
1: the company. Somebody did this. All I really wanted was for somebody to be held responsible. And as I sat there, I just had the sinking feeling nobody's going to be held responsible for this. We
0: have a a wide, we reach a lot of people with this podcast. So hopefully, some spoon designers for some yeah uh, French-sounding chain restaurants are listening and know that it's not a not okay to treat American consumers like this. Maybe in France, but yeah,
1: statistically, if you think of our audience demographics, it's. It's very likely that there are some spoon designers listening, and engineers have
0: reached out to me, so I assume there are people, in all you know. Yeah, sort of, so I mean, this like is that. something
1: you can talk about with the maybe at the Christmas party. You don't have to, you know make an appointment with the boss and say, right. Oh my God, I heard this uh, on the podcast. Right. But you see the boss at Christmas parties like, Hey, how was the year? Something yeah. to bring up.
0: Or if you're, you know, in charge of the party or you know, who's in charge of the party's music, maybe you could have them accidentally turn on the podcast. Right. And so the Christmas, they, and they hear this segment and they go, they go, what are these voices? And they say, yeah, Oh, the spoons. It makes sense. I the it party music.
1: stops at first, but then people start listening. Right. Everyone
0: looks down at their spoon and they go, oh, these guys have a yeah. point. So best case scenario, worst case scenario, you got to vent and talk about your right. frustration with the spoon, so it's kind of a win-win, no matter what.
1: We started the conversation, and then you know you can't control it. It's like sort of releasing put, a butterfly yeah. into the wind. Sure, you like put it, you put it out grows. in the
0: world, and what happens happens. That's it's right, it's beyond our control now.
1: Uh,
0: all right. And the second topic, I think you want to talk about. You, you kind of picked both topics. Well, we have a third one that we'll get to later that I, yeah. I want to talk about. But the second one is something that you want to talk about, right. which also I think it's a good transition, a good segue as we say right. in the industry. From spoons, spoons right. to our next topic, which you can introduce. The next
1: topic is cereal, because when you think of spoons, you naturally think of cereal.
0: It's one of the first things to think about. If I were to right. name a food that you need to require, uh, right. requires a spoon, cereal would be in the top three.
1: This isn't actually... I think I just had a lot of thoughts, because it's been a while since our last episode. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, things will happen to me in my life. Mm-hmm. And I say, this is something that's a natural for food on Franklin. Right. And I make a mental note. Or sometimes right. I type it in a text message... To send to myself, right, and then I look back.
0: Yeah, that's smart. So you can have. I did the same thing with email. Email myself an idea for the podcast or for you know make my life better in general, and then I'll look at it later.
1: And I guess cereal. What I really, I don't really have that much to say about cereal. Mm But what I wanted to do was just to put it on people's radar to say everybody's an adult now. Mm -hmm. You all grown up, right? People stop eating cereal at a certain point, and they say, you know. I'm a, i am a when I was, when I became a grown man, I left childish things behind. Right. But, and you know, I didn't eat cereal for a long time. I used to eat cereal back in, in my early twenties. I ate a lot of cereal. Did you, as, you
0: eat it as a child when you were growing up? I ate,
1: yeah, my whole life I ate cereal. Okay. You know, then maybe when I got a little older, became more mature. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of stopped buying cereal, didn't really...
0: Were you embarrassed? Were you like at the ghost store and you're like, I don't want to be thought of an immature person buying cereal or we just kind of moved past it? You, just, you lost the taste for it?
1: I don't know. You know, you'd have to get on the psychiatrist's couch to probably sure. find the real answer. I think part of it was I didn't perceive cereal to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of cereal is just, uh, it's either sugary or it's, you know, it's just flakes of corn right. or what have Some you. Genetically modified stuff and that right. not great. So I, I left cereal behind, but recently I started buying cereal again. Okay. And I gotta say, it's my life has improved since I started eating
0: cereal again. What What prompted you to start buying again? Was there do you have a craving, or just like in the you know?
1: One thing is, I was looking for things to mix into yogurt, right? Okay. Because usually you mix nuts into yogurt, which mm-hmm. is fine. But if you want to mix fruit, you can mix fruit. Sure. You know, it it varies based on your taste. Usually, I would mix nuts. But a problem is if you want to mix walnuts into yogurt, mm-hmm. you purchase the walnuts and they come as whole walnuts and you have to yeah. physically pick up em. each one and break them up into the yogurt. So mm-hmm. it becomes like a big ordeal. You, you know? ever think of You know when you get a bag of ice and you just throw it down a bunch? You ever think about doing yeah. that with a bag of walnuts? I don't know because the downside is if it didn't work, walnuts are pretty expensive. You so you can ice be eight cheap. bucks. Yeah. I mean, but what I found was that it, there, if you get the right kind of cereal, you can just pour it right in there and stir it up. Super
0: easy. What's the best cereal to put into yogurt?
1: The two that work best for me is number one is a kashi cereal mm-hmm. that has some like chunks of healthy uh, sticks or. I think I have some right here for the for the people who are listening now. Taylor just went in and he does in fact have kashi galeen in his apartment mm-hmm. cover. This is a new logo, too. they right. just put this out in
0: the past six months or so.
1: And just for the people listening, we didn't coordinate that. No,
0: no. I, I had no idea you were going to mention the cereal, so That's, I'll, um, I'll just leave it out on the table here by the microphone.
1: It's sitting here. If you can imagine a box of Kashi lean cereal. Um, so that works great, and also uh, Grape Nuts. Grape Nuts are delicious. Yeah, Grape Nuts. And you can also eat them just with milk on them.
0: Yeah, I don't, you know, I, you, you are sort of a, a well-known yogurt fan. You, you you talk and write about yogurt. You go up to, if we go to have dinner, you often bring up yogurt out of nowhere mm-hmm. and talk about mm-hmm. it. Um, but I'm, I like yogurt fine. It's okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but I like regular cereal with milk. And I'm, I'm kind of with you in the fact that I, I go through, I've gone through periods in my life where I've had no cereal. Mm-hmm. You know, years-long stretches where I just like don't eat cereal. And there's mm-hmm. no real reason that I that mm-hmm. I know. But... I go in streaks, where so I'll buy it and I'll have it for, for breakfast, you know, nice yeah. quick. But more often than that, I'll have it for dinner. Just have yeah. a couple of bowls of cereal with milk. It's, it's a good, cheap, relatively healthy di- uh, dinner. It's
1: delicious, it's great. too. Yeah. You, you can't beat the taste. Would you, as a grown man, have you ever gone and purchased uh, sugary cereal? Well, here's the thing. With the exception of Kellogg's Raisin Bran, I've never been a big
0: fan of sugary right. kid-style cereal. I liked. Uh, I went through a very brief Captain Crunch fan phase as a child but it was probably like 3 months long. It was not something where I was like dying right. to eat like cocoa puffs or whatever account chocolate.
1: You're not a big dessert guy in general.
0: No, I, I generally go with the more savory snacks, but I like a good dessert on occasion.
1: Yeah. It's it's actually shocking when you go back to cereal and you say, "Damn, this is delicious, mm-hmm. nutritious, and easy to prepare."
0: Yeah, and it's 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 also inexpensive, you know. You can buy a, a half gallon yes. of milk and a a box of cereal and that's like seven or eight meals and that costs like five dollars or something I don't know exactly Cash is a little bit more expensive but even so I think it's worth it
1: it does have protein
0: Yeah, we can see right now on the the thing it has nine grams of protein eight grams of fiber and sixteen grams of whole grain I don't know what the serving size is but that sounds good
1: yeah I would say for me in a typical box of cereal I would get maybe four bowls out of it
0: I think so. So you want to, I mean, one thing is an, as an adult, you can kind of control yeah. how much you have. And I just, I just feel it at the top. Of poor, as much will fit. And I eat, you know, two yeah. of those usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good snack. I think it's, I can't tell if it's underrated or overweight because I think like there's, there's sort of a, kind of a resurgence in mm. cereal. Like there's, there's cereal bars and right. restaurants that well, serve a, a cereal. Well, there's
1: a hipster cereal right. strain. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an unfortunate byproduct of Brooklyn. I mean, since we're a Brooklyn food podcast, mm-hmm. we, this is an issue that we encounter. There's
0: um, there's that place in Flatbush, which is... Yeah, Kith. Kith. It sells just fancy sneakers right. and cereal. Streetwear and cereal. Which I don't really understand. Truly ridiculous. I've never bought anything there. I've wandered around a few times and looked at the shoes and they all seem like normal shoe you might find on your streetwear yeah. place, but I don't understand the cereal component at all.
1: If we were sitting here with the CEO of Kith, I would just say, you know, grow up, man. I would take like Not in an aggressive way, but just like you know, it's a little, it's a little fanciful to say we're going to put a cereal bar in our shoe store.
0: I think I agree, and I think it's a weird thing to do. Although I wonder maybe if he was like trying to get funding for it, you know, like an investor, and you needed a hook. Yeah. An investor is like I've heard a thousand different sneaker shop ideas. Right. What's going to make you stand out? And this guy's cereal bar, and if that's the case, and I respect him.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's just a hardworking entrepreneur and he's mm-hmm. thinking outside the box, that's great. But let's not confuse you know the passions of sneakerheads with the passions of serial heads right you know they're they're separate groups and i think to assume that one is equal to the other is maybe a bridge too far i'll agree with that yeah i think that's that's, that's fair all right. So you want to move on to the next? Yeah, topic? we can
0: move on to our our, our third topic, which is Chavellas, a Russian that we've discussed several times. Mm-hmm. I, I think we both sort of agree this is one of our first episodes that we yeah. discussed Chavellas, which is yeah. a, a, a this is kind of bring it back to the original goal of food right. on Franklin. The original it's...
1: listeners will remember us talking about Chavellas quite right. a bit.
0: And if anyone's complaining about. Us not talking about food that's exclusively on Franklin. The spoon problem and eating cereal are things that we've both experienced on or near Franklin before. Right. Like you know, you've eaten food with spoons on Franklin, and I've Absolutely. had cereal almost every day, Yeah. Well, every week, I'd say, maybe yeah. like monthly near Franklin. So I think we're still within the we've been within the realm of definitely the confines of our yeah. podcast the whole time. But this moves us back into Chevella's, which is sort of. The the a uh, pretty solid Mexican place. I think we both agree it's good. Yeah. Not our favorite place for dinner out, but I think we right. both agree with that.
1: Although it is probably the most popular restaurant on Franklin Ave.
0: I think a lot of that has to do with the inside. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a really nice looking restaurant on the inside. I like the decorations a lot. Good the, atmosphere. The, the, the service is usually good and quick, and there's you know it always feels busy and sort of a nice, right. room on the inside.
1: Buzzing, warm mm-hmm. in the wintertime.
0: But you're right. There are always people outside of it, which I find sort of to be sort of a mystery. Cause for my money, Barbacino and Mayfield are better sit-down restaurants on yeah. the block. As is the Italian place, El Eta, Eta something. I don't know what's called exactly. But there. We There'd ate there topic. once.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, it's pretty, it's <laughs> pretty, right.
0: it's pretty good. <laughs> Forgot about you. Um,
1: yeah, we ate there. It, it was pretty good. It's not, it's not an everyday kind of restaurant. No, it's more, it's more like sort of a special occasion, special occasion kind of restaurant. I do agree. Mayfield and Barbacino are both better. And I think the taco place is better than Chevela's. Guero's. Guero's, sure, but well, Guero's yeah. is not
0: exactly a sit-down place. You never know there; it's right. more of a takeout place or like a quick. You get a place at the bar, right. whatever. It's a place. But if area. you're on
1: Franklin and you're in a Mexican mind state, I would go to Guero's nine times out of ten over Chavellaz.
0: Well, that that tenth time, is, I is I agree with you, but that tenth time would be for brunch, which I just recently had mm-hmm. at, at uh, Chavellaz. The first time, I thought it was outstanding. It's my my new favorite Sorry. brunch on Franklin Avenue. Wow. That's
1: yeah. uh that's big. So you're you're rating Chevella's brunch higher than Mayfield's brunch.
0: Yeah, and, and to be fair to Mayfield, which I've had brunch at probably fifty times mm-hmm. at least, um I've eaten there too much. I think I have exhausted the same things there. And they have new menu items, but unfortunately most mm. new menu items are things I think they don't want to try. So for brunch it's always the the omelette or the breakfast sandwich, both right. of which are delicious. I've right. had steak and eggs there, it's also very good. It's only so many times you can have those things. But yeah. Like for dinner, I've had the burger there a million times. Always good, but you know, it's time to move on after a while. Yeah. is they have something called I think it's called Huevos Con Rajas, which translates to I don't know peppers. I'm not sure what it means. Potatoes and uh, it's potatoes and peppers with, right. and caramelized onions yeah. and a, a, a cheese on there. So right. it's like two Urizi fried eggs. Yeah. This like peppery kind of potato hash with peppers, onions, cheese, and then a big pile of refried beans. Mm-hmm. Delicious.
1: It's good. I mean, it's, you know, one reason I think Mexican cuisine is so good is because everything is pretty good and mm-hmm. it's just like slightly different varieties of, so they have like, you know, they have that, which is like eggs with potatoes and they have one that's like eggs with chili peppers mm-hmm. and they have like a few different varieties of basically eggs, right. different kind of eggs. Right. And they're all pretty good. And sometimes you get some rice and beans with them. Yeah. Sometimes. This
0: was good. I like having a little pile of refried beans. So yeah. I'm not used to having that as an option for right. brunch. It's, be, it's better than, like, you go get the potatoes, it's better that it's healthier than, say, hash browns or butternut right. toast or whatever.
1: You spent time in in parts of Latin America. That's Did true. you feel like you were transported there for a second?
0: No, I didn't get that feeling there, although I did have good food in the parts of Latin America I've been to. Mm-hmm. I don't remember having great breakfasts there. Um, but, you know, I, like you said, you know, all, most Mexican mm-hmm. Latin food is is pretty good to delicious, I'd say. I don't, yeah. I don't remember how many bad meals I've had. Um, but is, I think it's, it's all, you know, they have, like you said, they have a variety of stuff. It's all, it's all pretty good. It's also inexpensive. I think it's thirteen ninety five for like every possible option there. Right. Breakfast is like a pretty good deal compared to some of the other brunch places in the neighborhood.
1: Right. You know, I think there's a, there's a little bit of brunch inflation that happens, you know, in Brooklyn, on Franklin Avenue and mm-hmm. beyond, um, where I feel like brunch should be kind of like $12 should really max out. You know, if you're not getting steak and eggs or something sure. fancy like that, you know, if you're basically getting eggs, mm-hmm. twelve dollars I feel like is a good price. And a lot of places they're just like a few dollars more. Right, gets on my nerves a little bit.
0: It is frustrating because you know you're just going for simple breakfast and you have a good right. one. And you have to end up spending with tip and coffee and everything like 20, 25 bucks, which right. is not insane, but it is. It's like five to ten dollars more than you should be paying for like a right. simple sit down breakfast. Right.
1: You're you're paying for the experience in a lot of ways. Which I don't,
0: I don't even like the experience of brunch that much. For me, brunch is like just breakfast. I don't like to really? sit there and have four or five cocktails or whatever with people and spend an hour and a half gasping and what happened the night before. Yeah. I'd like to get in and out.
1: Or, not, you know, or you take right.
0: my time. Read the paper. Read the news on my phone. Whatever's going on. Have a yeah. conversation with you know, one or two people, close friends. But I don't want to have a big brunch party.
1: Yeah, that's actually a, a secret of brunch is that it's not really that fun to have brunch with a lot of people. No. I don't know why there's always TV shows about you know all, a whole group of friends, like 10 friends, right. and they all have brunch and it's like really raucous and everybody's having a good time. Like That's not reality. It's a big red flag for that show. is fake and not rude yeah. or anything real. Yeah, it's like uh, some kind of publishing assistant who has a huge apartment in mm-hmm. New York. It's like nobody really does that on right. a regular basis. You might do that a couple times a year. And then it's, after you do it you're like, well that was kind of a hassle. You know?
0: I, right. I think it's fun if you have like a group of friends that are in town visiting and yeah. you all went out the night before, you haven't seen everyone yet. It, it can be a fun thing, but people who want to do it regularly or want to stand outside and wait in line for like an hour for
1: brunch, it's crazy man, I can't imagine ever doing that. It's ridiculous. Um but, but to circle back, or what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna I was just gonna circle back also very high praise. So you're you're ranking just to you you're saying that Chevella's brunch is better than Mayfield, Barbancino Aguero's uh, yeah I, I, well Aguero's well,
0: has solid breakfast tacos if you get them when they're fresh if you get them delivered I don't recommend them. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously eggs don't travel well it's fine but for me the, the, the best Aguero's are the lunch and dinner options which are just your standard yeah. kind of fancy tacos um, I would say for right now my moment this moment now where I am personally in life mm-hmm. and if I ship with the food in Franklin I would say that Chavela's is the best option for me on Franklin
1: for brunch right and this is not impacted by any uh, interactions you might have had at Mayfield with employees or waiters or... No,
0: I've, I've had mostly pleasant experiences with the staff and right. restaurants here um, on Franklin. And you know, I will say last time I to, to Mayfield, my burger was pretty undercooked. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to send it back so it was just going to take a long time. to kind of dealt with it. But that was, again, that was a burger and right. something for... Right. You can get a burger for brunch there. Right. But this was for dinner. So it wasn't like I have the brunch experience. Yeah change my mind because of that
1: I would feel fine taking anybody to Chevelle's for brunch Mm -hmm. and I do think that I probably like their brunch food better than their dinner food Mm -hmm. Um, and I think yeah I think Chavella's for brunch is good I think if everything was three dollars less I could put it really a little bit higher
0: up on the list Interesting. I, I find it be reasonably priced, but you know, I got I'll respect your opinion on that too. So you right. know, I think we, we don't it.
1: agree on everything, but that's part of what gives the show its dynamic. Culture. Yeah, it would be yeah. a
0: boring listen if we were just to say, Yep, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Sounds right.
1: People tune in to hear a little bit of an intellectual battle, right? Right. I
0: think I think it's like a you know like a show like like crossfire or something mm-hmm. where two people who are
1: although we're not we're not we're not
0: it's not like we're on the other side of the right. the, the food spectrum, but we're we're you know we right. we, we have enough original ideas, or we're going to clash in certain things. We're both
1: people who are fundamentally interested in good food mm-hmm. on Franklin mm-hmm. and. You know, the way that we get there Maybe we may take different paths to the same destination sometimes.
0: But, yeah, but we end up in the same place and right. often eat there together. That's and right. And we form opinions about it. Yeah. Um, that really, that's all I've got to cover on this, this episode of Food on Franklin. I don't know if there's anything you want to add
1: about... Well, I think because this is, this is the last, uh, episode of the year. Oh, right. And, and, you know, it's been a historic year. It's been the first year of Food on Franklin, um... First full year of Food on Frank. First full year of Food on Frank. I don't actually remember when we started. We this started year, year uh, last year. In late
0: 2015, okay. but we had sort of a few ups and downs with scheduling and right publications and everything like that. There's a and lot of
1: does. drama behind the scenes right. that we don't really go into so on this show. Podcasting
0: is a weird industry, you know, but we've survived and I,
1: right. I would say thrived, I think, in like other podcasts. Absolutely thrived. And I mean, as I mentioned to you uh, before we went on the air, you know, there's uh, not to name names, but. You know, members of a very prestigious media organization. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the name, but if you thought of the most prestigious media right. organization in America, sure. that's the one. Members of that organization, very big Food on Franklin fans, um, couldn't stop talking about it to me. Right. And, you know, it's good to, it's good to be validated like that, to know that, you know, our, our name is out there.
0: Yeah, you know, we we see the stats and we see how well it's doing, but it's nice to actually meet some, you know, kind of associate some of the faces and people go, oh, you know, right. you're Taylor, you're Hamilton, yeah. from, you're from from the Franklin. It's There's nice sort to meet of
1: you. a a flash of recognition mm-hmm. when somebody finds out that we're the people behind Food on Franklin. That's, you know, as we've said many times, we don't get into this for celebrity, but yeah. you know, it's it's something you deal with in this industry, I guess.
0: Yeah, people recognize it. I think people hear our voices and say, "What's." What do they look like? Yeah. Well, they Google us, and people come up to us, and it's, it's it's nice. It's nice to hear from fans. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you met people who are also in the media who yeah uh, were able to get over potential jealousy or whatever, and, and actually
1: absolutely. It, I mean, to be honest, it, it's you. it's more. It would it would be a more newsworthy story for me to say I met somebody in the media who wasn't a Food on Franklin fan. I agree with that. That's you know when I meet somebody who's who's in this industry who's mm-hmm. tuned into what's happening in the podcast world mm-hmm. um, and they don't know what Food on Franklin is, I kind of question their credentials a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
0: because, I mean, podcasts are, as people in this industry know, are sort of the, the future. You know, everyone said video this, video that, but the real sort of driving force of media for the past 18 months and really since we launched has been podcasts. Mm-hmm. We're throwing money at it right and left. And it's, it's important to also yeah. mention that we are still independent. Yes. Uh, we, we've had one sponsor and there were some controversy around that but yeah. we still we've turned down the money we've wanted to right. stay loyal because we recognize the power of podcasts and I think that Absolutely. people in the industry know that this is what counts
1: our credibility is incredibly highly valued and we've never been offered anything in the neighborhood of something that would make us consider selling that credibility um, but we so would listen to offers we always listen to offers because that's what you know business is mean, we, about it, yeah. but, you I mean, know we're, we're still we're, independent at this point and, and that that hasn't changed this year right but I thought for the end of year, we should at least do a, a couple of, you know, sort of wrap-ups. Like, So I thought we could do uh, Biggest Loser of the Year, and okay. then we can say what we were thankful for this year. Okay, so
0: Biggest Loser of the Year, specific to Food and Franklin.
1: Within the Food and Franklin universe. I'm okay. going to leave it loosely defined. Okay, you know? I'll, I'll let you go first on the Biggest Loser. All right, well, I to me, the Biggest Loser of the Year was... Uh, A man by the name of Max Reed. Okay. Um, because uh, not to get too deep into it, but I think if you talk to people who who understand uh, editorial values, Mm -hmm. who understand interpersonal values, who understand trend spotting, Mm -hmm. they would probably not look kindly on the record that Max Reed has piled up this year. I would think.
0: I I would agree with that. I think that you know, if I, I don't know if I can pick the same. Loser of the year, but Max is definitely someone who's familiar with his, you know, quote unquote, work this mm-hmm. year. I'd say he's, you know, he's definitely up there in the
1: running for the loser of the year, right? And we should, you know, I I love Max, and we're both – personally, we're, we're he's both, okay, we, we sure. We both think he's a, a great guy, but right. um, honesty comes first on this podcast, and uh, you know, it, for for those questioning this i would just say go back listen to all the food on franklins mm-hmm. and decide for yourself
0: yeah the, there's one particular episode where i think that we we talk more max makes a brief appearance and you yeah. kind of hear firsthand some of the problems that he presents yeah to the podcast world and the world i think in general yeah um i don't know who my loser of the year would be i think it's it's tough you know i want i want to kind of keep it food specific to, to the rest of Food and Franklin, but I think yeah. this has been a good year. You know, I'll, I'll pivot sort of to the mischief of the year, which is the, the big taco truck that never opened on there.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: but one, one sort of sad story in Food and Franklin, to, I like to, we like to eat things positive, but there was a bodega that opened on the corner of, it's where the Verizon store is now. Mm. I remember going there. And there oh, were yeah. some guys who were really excited about the sandwiches there and they had a lot of cheap, like they were, you know, yeah. we have $6 cheese with chips and Coke. Right, and
1: I remember that too.
0: They were real friendly and they built it out clearly like by hand and they're never going out of business within. Right. A matter of months, and has now been replaced by Verizon Store. Right. Um, so amazing. those guys, I, I'd consider—you know—they're not max read level failures in certain ways, yeah. but it is sad to see that sort of. Um, My heart
1: goes out to those guys, and you know we wish them well, and I hope that they—you know—for uh, maybe they're running the Verizon Store now. I don't know. I hope
0: so. I, I had to go in the Verizon Store, and I had not the best experience with people there, but you know, I hope these guys—these guys are guys more straightforward and honest than people that work in the Verizon Store.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's always sad to see a hard-working... Uh, entrepreneur not make it but you know that's just how life is sometimes I right. think the the lesson that I took from that bodega was if you run a bodega mm-hmm. put a lot of stuff in there mm-hmm. not just a little stuff mm-hmm. you know put a lot because it was sort of it was a really nice looking bodega because it was kind of clean and spare right but that's actually not what you want in the bodega you business. want to have a little bit of everything cram so everything there. in there yeah
0: alright so what, what was the second what we're thankful for
1: what we're thankful for this year
0: mm. yeah well, well, you can go first again. I'll end in a moment. You, you, these are questions you brought, so you had more time to prepare. So I'll think as you answer.
1: All right. I don't want to. I, I mean, well, I was just thinking of this as I was coming over here mm-hmm. today, what I was thankful for in the context of Food on Franklin. And I think I'm thankful for the fact that um, success has not changed us. You know, we're the same sort of uh, regular mm-hmm. men of the people that we were when we started this show. Despite right. the waves of attention, the right. uh, you know controversies, we've come through it, and I feel like people who meet us would say you're still upstanding guys, and you haven't let that go
0: to your head. I think that's true. I think that my you know what I'm thankful for is is kind of related to that. I'm I'm thankful to the the, the staff and people who work at the Food and Franklin restaurants for letting us. Eat in peace, and you know, mm-hmm. for our fans, so leaving us alone, you know, the shooting is regular people. When it's you know, we've had a few instances where people have seen us and recognized and said something, yeah. For the most part, we've been able to be sort of anonymous eaters, which is all that we kind of want to be is just eat in peace. Yes,
1: yeah. and it's it's true that, like you say, it's a community effort because mm-hmm. the you know, the food on Franklin area that we cover is fairly small, right? And so, it's important for the integrity of this podcast and for the podcast to keep existing that. It not turn into a circus right. every time we go in a restaurant because right. it would, we wouldn't be able to do this show. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a matter of cooperation among, like you said, everybody works at the restaurants, right. everybody in the restaurants, to just go along with your business when mm-hmm. we're there and not make it a scene. And that's they've really done a great job of that. Uh, yeah, and I,
0: I think it's really you know it's telling and important, sort of what gives us gives us a hope for the the future of the world that you know food and frankly wouldn't exist without. The food in front of the people there, yeah. working there, and the chefs and yeah. the waiters and the the, the busboys and the bartenders. Yeah. And I like to think that we all kind of rely on each other, and we've created this sort of self sustaining community between yeah. us, bringing them new business, and them yeah. providing
1: us with food. It's kind of a nice like circle. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a that's a great positive mental image, and I think a true image, mm-hmm. and I think that um, all of those people would agree with that. I, um,
0: I, I think so. The the ones I've spoken to and the ones who have sent messages and emails and you know, yeah. handwritten notes.
1: I would say Merry Christmas to all the Food on Franklin workers, yes. chefs, staff, restaurant owners, right. diners, waiters, hostesses, Yep, everything. I agree.
0: Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to them all. Um, I think, that's it. I think that, that wraps up episode 7 or 8 of the Food on Franklin, Yeah, the last of 2016, but we'll be back in 2017. We're not going away, to be clear. That's right.
1: Stay tuned. We have a lot of big plans and...
0: Celebrity guests? Will we have a big celebrity guest on our first episode of 2017? You'll have to listen and maybe find out midway through. That's right. Great.